Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, January 6th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Zach Urban. The Saturday crew are back with the uh, Saturday slate that features 12 games, uh, a big one today, as usual, uh, on a Saturday. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But briefly, we're going to be very quick with the recap. Winnipeg with a very, again, just do enough to get by and win, kind of like the uh, night before against San Jose, but they got it done 3-1 against Anaheim. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes continue to score goals in bunches, a five-goal outburst in the third period to turn what was a close game into a 6-2 to two romp over the Washington Capitals last night. So uh, great to see the Carolina Hurricanes offense keeps uh, rolling for them. And then, of course, a, a game that was probably the most entertaining and certainly the most uh, violent game of the night and certainly the most vitriol uh, of the night was in New Jersey uh, between the Blackhawks and the Devils. Uh, it was a wild game, Connor Bedard. Uh, gets ended up, you know, hit and hit pretty hard, pretty clean, though, uh, by Brendan Smith. Uh, <coughs> one of those situations where it was just it caught him in a, you know, in a bad, a sensitive spot, a tough spot. He clearly was shaken up from it, didn't return. And obviously his status moving forward, we'll have to wait and see. And then he shears involved in a uh, an incident right after that. He gets banged up, although he did return to the game in the second period. And then from that point on, it just got very cantankerous, scrums after the whistle, a couple of fights. I thought everything was handled well, though. And to me, when you're looking at these incidents now, we're at a point in the NHL these days in the modern era where even if it's a clean hit, there's going to be retribution or someone's going to have to answer for something because that's just the way it is now. Clean hits even, you're going to see, you're going to have to respond. And it's more so who you hit, not the type of hit. And that's exactly what we saw last night. It was a good good. Hard, open ice hit by Brendan Smith, which was clean, nothing dirty about it, but it was number 98. It was Connor Bedard, and you still targeted him, and you still knocked him out of the game. And from a Chicago Blackhawks standpoint, a response had to be done and had to be made, simple yeah. as that. So Nick Foligno steps in, and credit to Brendan Smith. Okay, He knows what he did, put Bedard out of the game, even with a, a, a legal hit, but he still answered the call, dropped his gloves with Foligno, Stand-up guy, and Brandon Smith always has been, in my opinion. Great job. Felino handled it well. Smith handled it well. Just in terms of the old code and the way you handle a situation like that, both sides, A+. plus, A+. plus All around. That's the way it's done. Uh, Alex, what did you think there? Yeah, I agree with you on that. You know, that it was, it's it's just a it's a good hard fought hockey game, and it's, it's unfortunate to see injuries happen to anybody, but especially when you talk about key players and the best player on the team for Chicago, Connor Bernard. But they everybody stepped up in the, in the proper way, wearing a Hawks uniform last night. I was very proud to see that Nick Foligno, who I've been screaming it from the rooftops for a while now. This guy needs to be the next captain of the Hawks. They need to extend him. He needs to be around this group for quite a, a while because he gets it. He gets it more than just about anybody that, that's in that locker room that's a veteran. And, and it was unfortunate to see that he got hurt later on in, in the contest as well. And that's what really ended up being the backbreaker. Uh, We're the two Hawks forwards in, in the contest. third period, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 but the thing is, you saw the rally around, you know, 
Bedard getting knocked out. You saw not just not necessarily just also the, the the altercations and the battles that we saw, but also just how they responded. You know, Boris Kachuk getting that shorthanded goal to to make that game you know still fairly close. You saw the guys buzzing around, and and you mentioned it, Ian, and and, and most of the people mentioned it who liked the Hawks yesterday pregame. You know. This is not a good spot for New Jersey. We've seen New Jersey lay eggs in, in these in these spots. They didn't play their best game last night. You know, they got six chances on the power play. They, they couldn't do anything with it. And it wasn't like the Hawks, uh, you know, penalty killed it like a shade to 2013. They were asking that was just to get really, last night. Yeah, they were. They absolutely were. And, and if it wasn't such a shorthanded Hawks team already, and then even more shorthanded, the two people you lose in the middle of the game being so important. Hawks probably go come away and win that game. I ended up having some uh, uh, the Hawks money line in pocket live, and I went with exactly what I what I kind of mentioned, that if this game is close, in, you know, in the middle of the contest, you still would have chance to get a, a reasonably high number. Now, I didn't have plus, you know, 300 or higher in my pocket. <clears throat> I had plus 195, but all the momentum was going their way when I made that, that wager, so – you know, still was able to to try and get in and, and have something decent of value in pocket. Didn't have to play that uh, before the game, but but still a, a hard fought effort by the Hawks. And now it's just going to be you know wait and see what happens with number ninety eight. I'm hearing a bunch of rumors. I haven't heard anything official, so that's why I haven't tweeted out a single thing. I haven't uh, posted anything until I until I hear something that that seems relatively official or or, or from a credible source of mine then I'll post something but uh hopefully it's not the worst case scenario which would be a broken draw which would be, mean you know weeks out probably possibly as long as the rest of the season and uh that would be incredibly unfortunate especially for those who are holding Bedard to call the trophy tickets because as much of a lock as it might have seemed uh an injury now throws everything in limbo because you've got some other rookies that are still, uh, you know, in high consideration at some decent prices. So if that's something to look at, maybe, you know, I'm sure the market's on hold right now, but once we hear uh, how long Bernard's going to be out, that might be something to target uh, from a betting standpoint, looking at the call to future market to see who those other two finalists might be. Uh, and maybe one of them can, can leap past Bernard now and get that win. Yeah, it would certainly open the door if it's a long-term injury. Uh, no question for uh, Bedard. But, um, yeah, it was just nice to see, you know, something like that. It was nice to see that happen, but it was nice to see after what happened with Bedard, how it was handled properly uh, on both sides. And, you know, uh, and I, I said it on uh, social media, on Twitter X about it, and, uh, you know, our friend of the show actually was on our show earlier this season. Danny DeKaiser liked my post that I said about the uh, – uh, Connor Bedard and Brendan Smith and Nick Felino and how it was well handled. So you're talking about a long time NHL defenseman that's basically saying, yeah, Ian, you're right. That That's how it's handled. That's how it's done. That's how to properly adjudicate, you know, a situation like that involving uh, Connor Bedard last night. Uh, Zach, I don't even know if I should ask you about last night's games. You don't really usually get to watch them, but do you have anything on last night? Uh, I bet the Jets live when they were down. So I was happy about there that. There you go. <laughs> I wasn't watching though. I was just box score watching. I was actually watching a little bit more NBA last night. As we were talking earlier, I had some other bets in for the entertainment aspect of it. But we were talking before the show. This guy's like he four or five parlays a night. He's sending me them to me all the time, and he's usually missing <laughs> one. And there's usually one pick ruins the whole parlay. He's got one of those each night. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun for sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought Luke Richardson, the coach of the Blackhawks, had kind of the best take on the hit. He thought that Smith really just stopped even. And when you watch it more and more, it didn't even look like he was trying to hit him that hard. And Bedard never saw him because of the uh, 
forward that was in front of him and then kind of had his head down at the same time as Smith came in. So I'd be pretty surprised if it was a broken jaw, but I would be pretty terrible, obviously. Like, he didn't seem like he was in crazy amount of pain, but he did grab his face, like, instantly. Right. So yeah. maybe it's some teeth or something, lower or something. They were just being cautious with them. Who really knows? But I think we'll probably get a take on it tomorrow. I think we'll find out some information. But I almost feel like if it was a broken jaw, we'd be getting the news sooner than later because I don't think they really have anything to hide on a front like that. So True, yeah. Um, Luke Richardson, than, after the game, we won't know until he gets examined back in Chicago. That's basically yeah. That, yeah, that's what he finished off with. So, yeah, so I would think we'd probably find out tomorrow. I don't think the Hawks play today. Yeah, well, we might we might find out later this evening. Uh, yeah. Being that it's Connor Bernard, this is something like, yeah, another injury, yeah, we, it'd be game day thing, but no, we'll – We'll, we could find out something probably within the next couple hours to maybe even later this evening. That that's not shocking. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's obviously hope he's not injured. It's been great yeah. to watch him play and entertaining for all the Hawk fans and the rest of the NHL. So, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, no question. The uh, that would be un- like Alex said, unfortunate is the word. No question. If he is unable to um, get back onto the ice uh, anytime soon. All right, we're going to get be getting back. The NHL, I should say, is going to be getting back onto the ice very soon. In fact, the first game of the Saturday card uh, is going to be at the top of the hour. So let's get into it. Calgary Flames, Philadelphia Flyers. We've got Calgary minus 115 road favorites, six the total here in this game. It's actually a rematch of a recent head-to-head meeting between these teams. We just met last week, New Year's Eve in Calgary. Flames getting a 4-3 to three win. Bit of a tough spot that was. Uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers, the end of that road trip. So a little revenge situation here for a Flyers team that's actually lost four in a row now. Uh, and uh, one of those losses was that road loss to Calgary. They lost to Edmonton 5-2 after that. They come back home against Columbus and shockingly can't hold a 2 to nothing lead at home against the Blue Jackets. Jackets tie it up and then Columbus wins 3-2 in a shootout. So a little bit of a funk right here for this Flyers team. And you know, this is what can happen with the Flyers where you're looking at some of their numbers and you're seeing they're still controlling the flow in some of these games, including the Columbus game where they outshot the Jackets 41 to 28. But Philly is not a gifted offensive team. You know, there's going to be games where uh, the, the work ethic is there, they're carrying the play, and there's not enough production offensively to show for it. And that is the problem that Philadelphia sometimes runs into uh, at this point in time. Uh, on the other side, you've got Calgary coming off a very impressive road win uh, against Nashville, 6-3. to three, And that was UC Soros in that. And certainly they were able to get to him uh, early and often. So that's the third straight win for Calgary. You know, when the team's on a win streak like this, I don't like going against teams that are rolling right now. That being said, Philadelphia is playing with a little desperation, little urgency, you know, you know, losing to Calgary last week on the road. You know, I'd expect a pretty good effort from them here in this game. So, I'd also expect this to be a pretty close, contested, competitive game. So I do have a sprinkle on the draw, and that's really it uh, for this early game. A little bit on the draw. We almost got overtime in the game in Calgary, if you'll remember. It was very close to going to OT, but the Flames hung on for the 4-3 win. I cashed a ticket with the draw in Philly's last game against Columbus. It's now five of the last ten Flyers games that have gone past regulation. So uh, just a little small shot on the draw for me in this game. That's about it. And Blake Coleman to score a goal. We're going to keep riding Blake Coleman. He's, <laughs> he's rolling right now for the Flames. There's no question. Snubbed for the All-Star, I think, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Sharon Govich, too. Uh, you if know, you have to take work. one player from every team, and like the Flames are having the type of year that they are, and Lindholm, in my opinion, is having a down year, 
Yeah, I don't. I think they should have given it to Coleman. He's got the most goals on the team, most points. He's a plus seventeen or something on a yep. team that's not a plus team. Like I don't know. I thought he was snubbed a bit. I get yeah, it, but... you know, especially in a year where you're seeing all kinds of weird, like Burakovsky's the fucking all star representative for Seattle. Uh, yeah, how about that? Uh, some so, odd stuff. So there you go. Or no, not, no, not Burakovsky. Yeah. Sorry, Bjorkstrand. I think Bjorkstrand's the. <clears throat> Yeah, he, that was a great video too. I don't know if you saw his reaction to being yeah. named in the All Star game, but it didn't seem like he was uh, really happy. He had to cancel his uh, family vacation. Yeah, no <laughs> this is a weird total for me because Calgary is kind of trending over. Theory's history is trending over. Believe it or not, but keep in mind that Calgary game, Flyers Flames in Calgary, that was a weird game. That was going to be going under big time, and then there was this weird, crazy explosion of goals in the third period to put that game over the total. So. Uh, I, I have no. I'm neutral on the total. I can see it going over. I can see it going under. So just the draw for me, Alex. What do you think here, Flames Flyers? Yeah, that's the only thing I would be playing right now. Be the draw. I mean, we'll be on the air for at least the first start of, of this contest. So I'll have the game on, and uh, maybe if I look at anything live, I'll put it in the chat. And I'll mention it. But <coughs> right now, just the draw was the only thing I looked at. And in a kind of an early start, you know, you, like I said, Philly's used to these earlier start times. Calgary, not so much. So I kind of want to see where the Flames feet are in the first kind of five or ten minutes of the contest. No, I agree with that. There's no question. They play more of these, early, especially at this time of day, 1 p.m. Eastern. This is 11 a.m. back home uh, in Calgary, obviously, uh, when this game starts. So you definitely uh, want to uh, keep that in mind. And uh, you're right, you know, Colorado's played a lot of these, you know, home games, these matinee affairs uh, on a Saturday afternoon at home. So they're very accustomed to this. So I think situationals favor the Flyers' revenge spot. They're more comfortable in this time frame playing a game like this this early in the day uh what do you think here in this one for your flame zach yeah i agree with both your guys's points uh i'm not really sure what i would side with i don't really bet usually on the flames too often but um i think it's something that i would look at live if i was interested uh, i don't know if it's about the over like i said like you said i think the draw might be a good look markstrom's been playing pretty good so i feel like it's going to be a tight contest but in typical Flames fashion, I would think they'd probably lose this one, being winning three and playing a team that lost four in a row. But Flyers have also had a pretty horrendous record at home, too. Uh, so not really any good takes on this game for me, to be honest. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Just cheer your team as a fan. That's all yeah. I do. Hope Marky stays no. playing pretty good because I, I want his stock to go up and then maybe they can trade him. <laughs> yeah, well, there you, you go. never know. Uh, that's not a bad enough. That's not a bad th theory uh, to roll with, and uh, hope. Yeah, you, you know, never know. Someone might throw a lot at them for them if they need them or something like that. So, yeah, no doubt. So, uh, yeah, Flames and Flyers uh, draw Coleman prop. It's really what I like the most in that game to score a goal. He's been really good. All right, the other afternoon game, a little more glamorous than the first game. This should be a good one, actually. Florida Panthers, Colorado Avalanche. We've got Colorado minus one thirty home favorites, six the total in this game. Uh, the Avalanche, what a comeback win uh, for them in Dallas the other night. Uh, didn't look good. They were down 4-2. to two. Uh, They roar back. They tie it with the extra attacker late in the third. And then uh, a 2-on-0 rush. I don't know how you give that up if you're Dallas, but Nathan McKinnon is not the guy you want to see uh, on a 2-on-0 break if you're a goaltender. And Wedgwood found out the hard way uh, as uh, he scores McKinnon in OT uh, to complete the comeback and give Colorado a 5-4 win. Uh, in overtime in that game, back-to-back -back overtime wins for Colorado. Um, now they take on a Florida Panthers team that this is a a run of dominance, really, by the Florida Panthers. The, they aren't just winning games. They're winning games, and they're easily controlling the game. Uh, 
you go back to the first game of this six-game win streak that they're on, the 4-2 win at home against Vegas, 42-25, the shot advantage. They outplayed Tampa and outshot them in the 3-2 win. The Rangers game, that was pretty even, but 4-3, they found a way uh, in that one. Montreal carried the play, 4-1. Arizona badly carried the play uh, against the Coyotes, 4-1. And they dominated Vegas. After they got that kill, five-on-three, back-to-back five-on-three penalty kills by Florida, down one nothing. They dominated the game from that point on. They took over that game. Uh, they were extremely <clears throat> impressive. So they're not only winning these games, they are controlling the games. They are dictating the terms. This is uh, an extended run uh, of outstanding play and, and dominance right now by the Florida Panthers in this game. Uh, I cashed a ticket with them, best bet on this show on Thursday, uh, in the win against Vegas. And I'm compelled to roll back with them here uh, as a road dog in Colorado. And I know the Avalanche, have, as we've said all season, they played their best hockey here at Ball Arena, 16-4 and four at home. Uh, I don't take betting against Colorado in this building lightly. But you look at Colorado, you know, St. Louis, San Jose, two pretty bad teams. You escaped against the Islanders. You probably should have lost against Dallas, but you found a way uh, in that one to get the job done. So I like what I see from Florida. They're playing great hockey. Now, I am concerned that a couple of absences potentially for them today, but they're both, they haven't been ruled out either one. Uh, Alexander Barkov, the captain, Evan Rodriguez, who's played well on the uh, top line. Both of them are game time decisions for Florida. Obviously, it would be a blow if they lose one or both of those guys for this game, but let's not forget Barkov left the game against Vegas. They were a forward short the rest of the game, and they still dominated. Obviously, a very capable Golden Knights team. Uh, in that one. So uh, I like the way the Florida Panthers are going. I'm back on them today. The Cats, uh, as Steve Goldstein, uh, Goldie on, he's great Twitter handle for the TV voice of the Panthers, Steve Goldstein. Goldie on ice. That's a good one. Goldie on ice is his uh, X handle. Uh, as he always says, the cardiac Cats, uh, when he's talking about the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to be on them here. Plus, I like the way they're going. And I almost think this is a crusade, Alex, for them. You know, you took down the defending Stanley Cup champions. They look like they're playing with purpose on this road trip. Like, now we want to take down the champs from two years ago. Colorado, another litmus test type of game for this Florida team. Uh, and I think they're up for the challenge. So, uh, Florida right now, plus one. I actually got a better price, plus 115. I still think it's playable at this price. I also lean over. I have a smaller bet on the over in this one. Uh, series history is dictated. We've seen some goals between these two teams. So, a little bit on the over, a little bit stronger on Florida. And, yes, for those that are requesting the Panther sound uh, in the uh, chat. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Panthers and Avs? Yeah, I'm staying away from a side here. This is definitely going to be a, a good, fun game to watch. Uh, I'm glad this is a kind of middle afternoon <clears> contest. <throat> but uh, I like the, the totals here. Like I said, I like this first period over. I laid a dollar thirty with the over one and a half, and I also laid a dollar ten with uh, with over six for the full game. I think we're going to see some good pace back and forth. Seven to three, the last ten meetings to the first period over as well. So uh, I think we see goals here early, and we see goals often. So about the over first period, over full game, and I will sprinkle a little bit on both teams to score the first period as well. Yeah, you don't get a six very often with Colorado in particular. Like this, I was a little surprised we didn't see six and a half here. We saw six, a flat six with this total. So I say take advantage of it for sure. Especially the last two meetings have gone over the total five, four, five, three uh, final scores. Uh, no question. Uh, that's what we have seen. And by the way, in terms of head to head, there's not many teams that go into Colorado and can say we've had success in this building. Florida's won three of the last four trips to Colorado. 
actually, including last year. They beat the Avalanche 5-4 here at Ball Arena. So Colorado, Florida is actually 3-1 and one in their last four trips to Colorado. So they've actually played pretty well here in Denver uh, in recent years. What do you think here in this one, Zach? A good matchup, Florida-Colorado. Yeah, it is a good matchup. Both teams are riding highs right now. Obviously, Florida has been doing something special here on the road, but I think I'm going to ride with Colorado in this one. They're 16-4 and four at home. Uh, it's coming up to the all-star game here. I think players really turn it on around this time of the year. So I'm going to go with Colorado. I like the over at six. I don't think you can really argue that too much. So I'm hoping it's one of those high entertaining, almost like that Pittsburgh Bruins game the other night. <laughs> I kind of want that kind of first period would be awesome for these two teams. That would be nice. Yeah, it was uh, just making sure it's uh, uh actual uh, statement. In fact, the Black uh, Blackhawks uh, social media has talked about it. The update fractured jaw officially for uh, wow. Connor Bedard. So it's Ooh, definitely going to be longer term injury. My goodness. Wild. Glass wow. jaw. Yep. Fractured jaw means that weeks, if not months. Yeah. That's what we're looking at uh, for uh, Connor Bedard being out. Not for the season, but man, it's going to be significant time. Uh, there's no question. Um, so, yeah, very disappointing. Wow. Um, and talk about a, a, guy, a guy that's having a great start to his career. And, and apparently, the Nick Felino news isn't great either. Fractured left finger uh, yeah. for him. So, um, yeah. Uh, unfortunate, and we sympathize for our guy Alex here uh, with that news. That's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's just um, tough, tough. And those are two. I mean, Nick Felino's a heart and soul, emotional cog for this team. Uh, and of course, we know what Connor Bedard is to this team. So um, tough day, tough day for the Blackhawks. And now it's <clears> going to be even harder for them moving forward. Here, you know, they've already had a tough schedule. They've been kind of beaten up by it. They've been struggling lately. Uh, the struggles aren't going to get. Um, any easier uh it's not going to get any easier for them i should say to get out of their struggles uh with what we're seeing obviously with these the injury news uh just uh breaking about both bedard and felino uh moving forward all right the rest of the games by the way and by the way for props in this game florida colorado i mean bennett uh berhage kachuk they're all heating up they're all really on top of their game at the same time. So I wouldn't argue with props involving any of them. <clears throat> Colorado, the one that stands out, Jonathan Drouin. Jonathan Drouin is heating up. He's got he got a couple of goals last game, three goals in the last two games, multi-point games for Drouin in the last each of the last two games. Uh, so I'm on Drouin goal plus in over plus 300 still for wow. Drouin to score a goal uh, in this uh, game today, which is outstanding value considering what how he's been producing the last few games. Yeah, plus uh, I found plus 330 at FanDuel for Drouin to score a goal. To get an assist is a good price, plus 156. And because he's got two points in each of the last two games, back-to-back multi-point games, I sprinkled a little plus 500 for over one and a half points today on Drouin as well. That's what I call great value. Again, back-to-back games with multiple points. So uh, we will uh, see uh, how that one goes. And great segue with John Massey mentioning the Jack Hughes injury news because he left the game last night against Chicago. Man, that game was not for the faint of heart. My goodness. Uh, Walking wounded everywhere coming out of that Blackhawks and Devils game last night. Jack Hughes, we won't know his status till later today, which is the segue to the first of the night games on this Saturday card. Vancouver, New Jersey, Hughes Bowl. The sequel, Hughes Bowl Part 2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've got the uh, Devils minus 115, home favorite, 6.5 the total here in this game. 
There's a lot I like betting-wise in this game. Let's start with, obviously, the situationals. New Jersey back-to-back for them after that hard-fought, gutted-out win in a very violent uh, game filled with uh, emotions, filled with uh, vitriol uh, in that game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Clearly, things started to ramp up in that department after the Connor Bedard hit uh, from Brendan Smith uh, on him. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how uh, this one goes tonight. But, you know, you look at this New Jersey team, that that game, you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that, you know, the Chicago game would take a lot out of them. But there's no doubt it did. And now you don't know if Jack Hughes is going to be available and on the ice for Hughes Bowl part two tonight. He's going to be a game time decision. Uh, after leaving last night's game with an undisclosed injury. So that's something to monitor. Um, They're on a back-to-back. Oh, and on the flip side, here are the Vancouver Canucks rolling into town, not only with the rest advantage, but off a 2-1 to loss Thursday night against the St. Louis Blues. And you know how good Vancouver has been off a loss this year. I mean, the, the, the numbers and the record is absolutely off the charts for Vancouver and how good they've been in a bounce-back mode and in a bounce-back spot all season. Um, so this is a bit of a tricky game, I think, for New Jersey. And then you factor in that Devils beat them six to five. It was a wild game, too. If you remember Hughes Bowl part one out in Van City, that game was just off, you know, on, on meds or something. Like the scoring was all over the place. It was a wild, wide open affair. Uh, the Devils prevailed six to five after Vancouver came back and tied that game. It was such an entertaining hockey game. Uh, I think Vancouver gets payback tonight. And I think the situationals are in their favor. Still think at the moment they're a little bit the better team at the moment right now than New Jersey. And we know even with New Jersey's home record, it's not great. And to be honest, as Alex alluded to uh, earlier in the show, that they were ripe to be beaten last night. That was not a vintage Devils performance. They were not sharp. And I still have issues with their goaltending. Although you would think with this being the back-to-back and the fact they used Vitek Vanacek last night that you're probably going to see Nico Dawes tonight. And that is the one concern here is that Nico Dawes has been good. His first two starts here in the NHL this season, he beat Ottawa and he beat Washington. And he looked pretty good in those games, but I think this is going to be a taller order. And I like getting Vancouver at this price and especially off a loss where they have been just so good this year. So I am on the Canucks plus a hundred. I got it exactly at even money in this game. And I'm going to go to the over here. Uh, six and a half. That's another thing about the Canucks Devils. It's not only that, you know, we saw six, five earlier this season between these two teams, but the series history, it's been one over after another uh, between these two teams, six, five, five, four, five, two, six, three, seven, two, all in the last five meetings. Now the Devils have owned the Canucks. Okay. Nine and one, the last 10 meetings in favor of New Jersey, but I'm going to look past that tonight. I really think this is a difficult ask for New Jersey. They got, went, they got, beaten up through the physical ringer last night in that game against Chicago. And I think it's a tall order against a very good Vancouver team to re- roar back 24 hours later and, and try to play again. And I think it's a big advantage in that department for Vancouver. So Canucks plus 100 over six and a half. And I got a shit ton of props in this game, many of which, as you could expect, involving the Hughes brothers. But we'll get to that in a minute. Alex, what do you think here? Hughes Bowl, part two, Canucks Devils. Yeah, there's no way I could bet Vancouver here because the trend that I'm seeing right now is that New Jersey's won the last 15 meetings, unless this thing is, is completely off here on Killer Sports. Uh, the last win nine and one. Next, nine and nine one. And no, one. Vancouver did get a win in there. They did. They oh, won okay. six to three at home March in 2022. Yeah. Which is interesting because 
Okay. I guess that's what I'm looking at is completely wrong. By the way, it's, this has been a very one-sided history. Not a good day to be uh, killer sports, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, de definitely not. Because I, I don't even see that entire game listed. So that's the, who knows. The site has been weird lately. But uh, I, yeah, like I said, this is just – I can't take a side here. I, I'm not backing New Jersey second off of a back-to-back. -back, and like I said, with that kind of a crazy game, between just – like I said, they looked like crap. If that had been a better team they were playing, a healthier team they were playing, that they would have lost that game easily. They would have lost that game in regulation. Uh, and, and so, you know, you, that's a, a kind of a motivating factor of, okay, especially if they're going to lose Hughes too. And like I said, that kind of derails the evening of this, you know, whole Hughes ball situation. Now they can kind of put that aside potentially if he's not available in the lineup and say, hey, look, look, let's all the fanfare aside. We got to, you know, deal with what we're dealing with right now. We're missing him. We got to take care of business. So I think you might get a more business-like approach if Hughes isn't in the lineup, even though that does hurt them overall from a talent perspective. But on the flip side, like I said, Vancouver just has struggled against this team for, for whatever reason. Only thing I'm looking at here would be first period over in-game. I don't want to lay a dollar forty or dollar forty-five. I think we can wait a little bit and get a better adjusted price in game. But I definitely want to go full game over, even with six and a half. Uh, you could try and wait and grab a six or a five and a half, but if you do that, you don't look for plus money. Just try and lay the same price you would with a six and a half. So, so lay a dollar twenty-five or a dollar thirty. So this is more of an in-game, uh, uh, you know, kind of a situation for me. I would probably, if I sprinkle anything pregame, it would be both teams to score first period. And like I said, if I had to look at a side, it would have to be New Jersey or nothing. Yeah, and uh, New Jersey—it is a dominant series history. That's you know that is troubling for someone on the Canucks as I am. But uh, I feel if they're never if they're going to beat New Jersey at some points, today's as good a spot and a time as any. And this team's just been money in the bank off a loss. They really have been. Rick Tockett has somehow gotten this team to refocus and be at their best when they didn't play great the game before. And uh, that was definitely the case against St. Louis. I thought that was lethargic all over from Vancouver the other night against St. Louis. I'd expect better. And you're right, John Massey, is someone that also had a small piece of Holtz and McLeod props in that game last night against Chicago. I'd be disappointed to see that line split up. Their chemistry is off the charts, and that's only their third line, Lazar and McLeod and Holtz. They've been great. Every time those three have been together, they get things rolling in the offensive zone. They're generating chances. They're hemming in the opponent with the four check, and they make things happen, and they produce, and they chip in offensively. So that line's been great, but because of an injury, if Jack Hughes doesn't play, you're right. You could see that line split up. And are they effect as effective, those three guys individually, if they're split up, if their line is split up tonight in this game against Vancouver? You know, it definitely is something to consider here uh, in this game tonight because they have been great. Uh, I've always liked McLeod in particular because he scores. He can set up his teammates. He's a physical presence. He'll, he'll drop the gloves, too. He's fought many times before uh, in the past. Not scared to do that. Uh, he has turned it into a heck of a player, Michael McLeod. And I've mentioned Michael McLeod with plus 400 and all kinds of goal prop value with him multiple times on this show. Keeps getting better, and he's another great goal prop value, in my opinion, tonight in this game, regardless of where he is in the lineup. I hope he's still with Holtz and Lazar. <clears throat> Their chemistry is evident, but... There might be some changes if Jack Hughes is ruled out. What do you think here in this one, Zach, Vancouver, New Jersey? I think I'm going to side with the Canucks tonight. I think they're going to get a good bounce back. That's where my head's at. I know that they've struggled against the Devils, but I don't really think too much into that kind of stuff. I just think about the day of the game. So I'm thinking Canucks first period. 
I can get them at plus 170 and then regulation time on the Canucks. Think too. And I'm usually a big series history guy, and there's not many instances where I'll go against, you know, something as strong as this, where it's like nine and one in the last 10 meetings in favor of New Jersey. But I feel it's warranted here tonight in this game. And by the way, for the Hughes props, like put an asterisk beside Jack Hughes because we don't know if he's going to play, but Quinn Hughes goal plus 475. I sprinkled on that. Quinn Hughes over yeah. one and a half points, you know, is pretty good value tonight in this game as well. Uh, and then Luke Hughes for the New Jersey Devils. We're on goal prop again at a great price. Uh, we're talking plus 600 for Luke Hughes to score a goal, plus 160 to get an assist. How about over one and a half points, Luke Hughes? And I sprinkled on this too as well, plus 700 in this game tonight for Luke Hughes to get two plus points uh-huh. in this matchup. I think he got two points in the first. No, he got a goal. I don't think he got an assist that night in the first meeting against Vancouver, but he did score, I remember. So over one and a half points is definitely live, I think, for Luke Hughes. And again, you're getting plus 700. Uh, let me see what else. Quinn Hughes over one and a half points was plus 270, by the way, with that. And, you know, Quinn Hughes plus 850 if you think he can get three points tonight uh, in that. So I played around with the point milestone props for the Hughes brothers tonight uh, in this game as well. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see how uh, it how it goes. The, uh, the time estimate, Rico, you're right currently is four to six weeks for Bedard with the uh, fractured jaw. And that's kind of what I thought it would be weeks, but a month to two months. And that's exactly what it looks like. It's going to be uh, at this point, in t- at least as of now for uh, Connor Bedard. So uh, like I said, a uh, tough day for uh, Chicago with the injury uh, news uh, breaking just now. All right, Tampa Bay and Boston. We've got the Bruins minus 160 home favorites, six, the total in this game. Uh, we had Jimmy Murphy on Beantown Friday yesterday. Uh, on the show, and he said that didn't look like Boston was fully, you know, dialed in for Pittsburgh Thursday. And it sure looked like it uh, in that six-five loss. That's for sure. Thinking that maybe they're got their eye toward Tampa, a team they've got a history with, a team that's always a hard-fought, competitive, tight, close game. Uh, I could definitely see that being the case. Uh, cashed a ticket with Tampa Bay uh, against Minnesota the other night on the road. Believe it or not, where I've been reluctant to back the Lightning all season long because they've struggled on the road. But let's be real. That was not necessarily so much pro Tampa Bay on the road. That was fading Minnesota and all the injuries that they've got uh, right now and the struggles they're going through. They got an AHL lineup. It's like the Iowa Wild have migrated to St. Paul right now uh, with that team. That's what we're looking at with them. That's why I was on Tampa there. Do I trust Tampa again on the road to two in a row together? No, especially with the Bruins off a bad game. Bruins actually lost a heartbreaker last time they played the Lightning. Remember they were up late? Tampa tied it very late. Remember, like seconds left in the third period, and then Tampa won in overtime. I think Bruins get them back. But again, you're talking about minus 160. Um, Not the greatest value. If it drops a little bit more, I would take Boston. I strongly lean Bruins. Price is a little rich, though. What do you think here, Alex? Tampa Bay. Boston. Yeah, I, I like both teams to score here. I like the over uh, in the first period. I like the over in the full game, and I like the draw. I think this could be a really good kind of back and forth, kind of a crazy battle. Like you say, it, it makes sense to see, you know, Boston shouldn't be looking ahead to anybody, but it makes sense that they would be geared up uh, and always ready for Tampa Bay. The, the history, you know, serious history has been uh, pretty much all Bruins for the most part, the Lightning did win two of the last three, and their last uh, meeting uh, back in November 
and game went uh, past the regulation of the 5-4 win for Tampa Bay. So I can see another close high-scoring affair here. So uh, give me overs in the first period and full game. Both teams score in the first period and the regulation draw. Yeah, oddly enough, I didn't have the draw on my radar here. But and after hearing your salient points, as always, Alex, yeah, that's I could see it. And it, it has the potential to be a close game. What I often think of, though, with the Bruins is that when the Bruins give up six and they lose like they did against Pittsburgh, they might want to bury a team. So I also had the thought in the back of my mind, maybe this is something like 4-1, 4-2 Boston tonight. I could obviously see that coming off just how just how unbruin like you know, that performance was for them on Thursday against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, what do you think here, Zach, Tampa Bay, Boston? I'm staying away from this one. I've had bad luck all year with anything involving the Lightning, so I'm staying away. Maybe the over, that's probably about it, though. I'm staying away. I've had bad luck with the Lightning. If I pick their side or against them, it seemed to bite, bite me this year. So, Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that, especially <laughs> on a 12-game card. Don't have to bet everything. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, prop wise in this game, uh, I guess what I don't have too much on this game because Tampa Bay, you know, a lot of their depth forwards are uh, not producing right now as much. It's mostly been, you know, your uh, point and Kucherov and uh, those type of players. I do want to point out, you're right. Someone mentioned it in the chat here. Darren Radish with the two goals the other night. Be careful about thinking that's um, going to continue. I mean, that was his first two goals of the season. Uh, against uh, Minnesota the other night. So I'm going to need to see a little more evidence before I'm thinking that uh, Darren Radish is turning into the next Paul Coffey or Bobby Orr from the blue line. So I've got to calm down with that a little bit. Again, those were his first two goals uh, of the season. Yeah, debrusca has been good. Morgan Geeky, I'm always interested in. Coyle, uh, those kind of uh, props, no doubt. Uh, I'm interested uh, on the Boston sides. And J JVR looks like he's not going to play tonight, by the way, for the Bruins. So there could be a little bit of a lineup shakeup for them uh, here tonight in this game as well. It's looking right now that with JVR out. Oh, Trent Frederick is one I would definitely, you know, I think of all the Bruins tonight, you know, Trent Frederick, very undervalued. He's been three goals in the last three goals and four points in the last three games for him. So uh, again, we've talked about Frederick his uptick in offensive production uh, undervalued as far as his props right now because of it. All right. Next up here on this Saturday card, we've got the New York Rangers and the Montreal Canadians uh, in uh, La Belle Provence, we've got uh, the uh, Rangers minus 200 road favorites, total six here uh, in this game. Um, Montreal comes back home, pretty tough spot. I just didn't have enough faith in Buffalo, and especially the price, I didn't love it. You know, Buffalo was like minus 150 to minus 160 in that game. It's not exactly the price I liked with Buffalo, but credit to the Sabres. They took advantage of a Montreal team off the high of the Dallas win to wrap up that road trip. They come back home and uh, they lay an egg. They were they weren't very good at all. In fact, uh, Montreal they get ripped apart. In fact, not just lose to Buffalo, but get ripped apart in that game. A lot of talk and with San Luis and with the uh, players about how they need to get better at home. I mean, they are two and nine in their last eleven home games. And you you would think the Bell Center, especially when Montreal's good, one of the best home ice advantages in the NHL, hasn't always been that way. Uh, for them, and it hasn't been that way for a while. They've really had a tough time winning consistently on home ice. And again, just two home wins in their last 11 home games, one and four in their last five games. Um, so it's a struggle right now for Montreal, and they're taking on a Rangers team that bounced back from a very rough night against Carolina, and, and they uh, beat Chicago 4-1 to one on uh, Thursday night. We'll see 
uh, how this game plays out. Uh, as far as the goaltending, I kind of thought all along we would see Jonathan Quick tonight, and that has indeed been confirmed. So Jonathan Quick confirmed in net for the Rangers. Uh, Samuel Montembeau confirmed in net for the uh, uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens in this game. Uh, I kind of lean to where John's thinking with the Montreal team total, but I'm going to go with the full game over here in this game because I don't trust Montreal defensively right now uh, to keep the Rangers off the board either. I mean, you start to look at it. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have get, gave up six to Buffalo, three to Dallas, four to Tampa, four to Florida, five to Carolina. You know what I mean? And they've gone six and one to the over uh, in their last seven games. Not Just not getting the saves, not getting the defensive play they need right now, the Montreal Canadiens. So I, I agree with an over sentiment, and I think Montreal can chip in because when it comes to Jonathan Quick, uh, an outstanding season overall, don't get me wrong, and still very good numbers, 2.41 goals against 916 save percentage but you cut it down to the shorter term and Jonathan Quick has given up four more goals in three of his last five starts so he hasn't nearly been as effective lately we've seen some regression in his play uh, in between the pipes so I think Rangers score against a struggling Montreal D and I definitely think Montreal can find some offense tonight as well so over six for me in this one Alex Rangers Canadians yeah I'm keeping it simple I'm going Rangers team total over three and a half laying a dollar 20 like I said I don't I can see where, you know, if this game does go back and forth and get completely out of hand and, and you know, Quick has been playing lights out, but, you know, we're kind of waiting for that ball to drop and maybe he, you know, lays an egg and has a bad start at some point. If that ends up being here and this game goes back and forth, at least I can feel comfortable enough. All I need is just four goals uh, out of the ranges of this spot. So just playing the team total over. Stuff indeed. As far as uh, player props, uh, yeah. In, in terms of, uh, there's someone that mentioned someone mentioned someone here uh, in the uh, chat, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. Well, oh yeah, Yoel Armia. That's true. Uh, you're right. There was someone I knew knew know on Buff on Montreal was a depth forward that has been uh, putting the puck in the net lately. He has been. There's no doubt. As far as on the uh, New York Rangers side, Lafreniere, uh, definitely Quebec kid going. Uh, back into Montreal, you'd expect a good game from him. Panarin, it goes without saying, on fire. And don't sleep on Vinny Trocek right now either for the uh, New York Rangers, especially from point prop <clears throat> standpoint. Sprinkle on over one and a half points with this guy. You know, he has seven points in the last three games, and two of those games were a three-point game and a four-point game for him. So Vincent Trocek is really, really uh, – and it's not so much goals. It's more assists for him, but he is definitely – uh, really facilitating well for the Rangers right now. 27 assists on the season for him. 36 points in 37 games. So Vinny Trocek, Panarin, Lafreniere, Armia, Josh Anderson, and, and Slavkovsky for Montreal because I think they're undervalued based on their position in the lineup. And, of course, Cole Caulfield goes without saying. Cool interview with him on the Chicklets earlier this week, too. Good kid. And, uh, you know, having a very good uh, start to his NHL career, no doubt. Uh, Zach, what do you think here, Rangers, Canadians? Uh, I think I'm looking towards the first period over, one and a half. And then I might jump on a couple player props, probably Lafreniere. Uh, point, I think, is at minus 110. So not too bad going home, like you said. I always like that kind of thing. And then I'm thinking Cole Caulfield, two points as well. Get that at some pretty good plus money. I think it's like plus 240 or something, so I'm hoping he has a big one. All right, we know he's capable uh, of having a big one too. Absolutely, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens at any uh, given uh, moment, and uh, I think it just sets up that uh, both teams will be able to contribute offensively in this one. All right, next up, the uh, beleaguered, banged up, short-handed, depleted 
whatever uh, word and adjective you want to use, uh, Minnesota, that's what they are right now. They head to Columbus to take on the Jackets. Uh, the Wild minus 125 road favorites, six the total here in this game. Now, there is some good news for Minnesota. Matt Zuccarello, one of their walking wounded, is back. Uh, he was uh, on the ice for morning skate uh, earlier today, and he will be back in the lineup, returning from a lengthy absence for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And not a moment too soon if you're a, a Minnesota Wild fan because it has been a rough, rough stretch here with uh, this team just riddled by injuries. So to get Matt Zuccarello back is a welcome sight to be sure for the Minnesota Wild. He hasn't played since December the 16th, so it's been a, approximately a three-week absence for him, <clears throat> missing the last uh, nine games for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Obviously, 28 points uh, for him in 28 games, so he's been a point-per-game player for the Wild back in the lineup, and it looks like he will be slotted back to the top line for Minnesota with Marcus Johansson and Joel eriksson uh, and it looks like Boldy, uh, well, actually, I don't think they've updated this uh, line combinations because I know a few of the wild people were saying that Rossi's up on the top line. So check on that. But Zuccarello will yeah. definitely be Rossi is on, on the, top, the top line. Yeah, Rossi's on the Rossi's probably a good prop tonight because I think Zucchini every time he's is been back. on the top line, yeah, every time he's been on the top line, he's produced. So not a bad option. That being said, I know Zuccarello will be a boost for this team. I'm still not prepared to lay a price with them on the road right now. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, was still Felino day to day. Marcus Felino, that is day to day. Kaprizov, long term IR. Spurgeon and Brodeen. How many times have we been on this show, Alex? Talking about Spurgeon and Brodeen are two of their, if not their two best defensemen. And here they are again, both of them at the same time out due to injury on the IR. That's not a situation I want to endorse Minnesota with. They got to run poor Mark Andre Fleury into the ground. He's doing the best he can. But again, you're talking about a guy that's, you know, in the twilight of his career and that's approaching 40, a guy that has definitely, you know, played a lot of games and he's got to play every other night now. You know, that's a concern here. And I continue to say this about Columbus. That team plays hard. They don't always play well. That's their problem. But they do play hard and they have played hard lately, in my opinion. And we've seen some, you know, baby steps of growth, development, and improvement from this team. And look at the schedule they've played. I said this the last time Columbus played against Philly on Thursday's show where I made a case for the Jackets and for the draw uh, in that game. And I said they played Toronto twice. They played New Jersey twice. They played Boston. You know, they played a very, very difficult schedule, a very tough schedule, Columbus. And in a lot of these games, they were competitive. You know, they beat Toronto twice. They took New Jersey to overtime. Um, you know, they have been a very, very feisty team right now, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that continues here. I'm going to take a small shot here with the Jackets here, plus 105. It's a small home underdog, and I like the draw here as well. Uh, I cashed the draw with the Columbus-Philly game. I mean, Columbus is a draw magnet if there ever was one right now. Six of their last 10 games have gone past regulation. We know Minnesota, with their banged-up, depleted ways in this four-game losing streak, they're going to have a tough time ever you know, winning at all, let alone winning by margins. So, you know, I'd expect this to be competitive. I'd expect Minnesota to get a little emotional boost at least, and obviously a boost on the ice with Zuccarello back. So I definitely think the draw is live in this game, but I'm also going to take a shot with Columbus here, plus 105. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Wild Blue Jackets. Yeah, I like the draw here as well. I grab plus 325 about online, but I also – I think we see goals early in this contest. Like the first period over and both teams to score. I got minus $1.30 for that over one and a half. 
I got plus 160 for both teams to score in the first period. And like I said, you know, the, the defensive roles for Minnesota, you know, missing those key blue liners, that's still an issue. And with Columbus, I just don't trust. Uh, you know, with Tarasov, you know, he has his ups and downs as well. So this two shaky goaltenders, two questionable just teams overall. I, mean, I do think we see some exciting pace early in this contest. So I like uh, both teams to score in the first period and the first period over. But I also think things will settle down over time and we can end up seeing this one go past regulation. So I'll be on the draw as well. And yeah, Danil, I, I'm not surprised to see Danil Tarasov back in net for Columbus. He actually played very well, very well against Philadelphia. <clears throat> I think it was one of his best games I've seen him play uh, because they did get outshot in that game. But he held the fort. He didn't let it get to 3 nothing for the Flyers. And the next thing you know, uh, the Blue Jackets end up coming back. Uh, and winning that game. So uh, not at all surprised to see Tarasov back in net. Be careful with the full game under. I think there is, I, I like what Alex is thinking, that the goals are, may, you may see some early, but full game, I'm not so sure. I mean, Minnesota, 3-0-1 to the under in their last four games. We know they've struggled to score goals. And believe it or not, Columbus has gone under in three straight games. Uh, and they've played a little better defensively, and their goaltending has been a little bit improved these last few games. So I'm with Alex. If I look at an over, it's only early in this game. I'm a little hesitant with the full game. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Zach, Minnesota, Columbus? Yeah, I think uh, the wild are going to bounce back. So I'm going to ride with the wild tonight. Um, they've got a lot of injuries, but Columbus is one of those inconsistent teams. So just kind of bet more with my heart and my head maybe, but yeah, I'm going with the wild tonight. All right, Minnesota to snap out of it. I will say this about Minnesota. They have faced some pretty tough teams. This is not one of the, tougher games on their schedule uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild, but I still think they're just missing way too much artillery to be trusted as road chalk, even against Columbus. Uh, we'll see if that is indeed the case tonight when they take on the uh, Blue Jackets. All right, next up, can the Buffalo Sabres, for, the, for fuck's sakes, can the Buffalo Sabres win two bloody hockey games in a row? I mean, it is absolutely insane. They cannot put two wins together. They obviously won uh, convincingly against Montreal uh, in their last game, uh, six to one. Uh, and now they will look to do something that has totally and utterly eluded them all season long, the ability to win two in a row as they take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh minus 160, home favorites, six and a half the total. I mean, this is... If I were on the Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres or I was the coaching staff, I was on the coaching staff, I was in upper management, I would be embarrassed by this stat. I actually finally, because I know it's been bad, but I wanted to say how bad has it been for this Sabres team off a win this season? I counted it up, Alex, the full season stats for the Buffalo Sabres off a win this year. You know what the record is for the Buffalo Sabres after a win this year in their next game? One and 14. Wow. One and 14 for the Buffalo Sabres off a win this season. They wow. have strung two wins together one single time this year. That is it. That is absolutely awful. One and 14 for the Buffalo Sabres this season off a win. I can't touch them. I'm not touching them here. Can't. I mean, they have shown me that kind of body of work after a win. There is absolutely no way I'm, I'm trusting them here. Now, I don't want anything to do with Pittsburgh, minus 160. They are struggling to keep the puck out of their net. That's an erratic, up-and-down, inconsistent, schizophrenic bunch uh, right now that I do not feel one iota comfortable <clears throat> playing minus 160 with, especially coming off the high of a win against Boston. 
It does feel penguinish, if that's a term. I'm going to make it up. Penguinish for the Pittsburgh Penguins to beat Boston on the road, come back home, and here's Buffalo. They find a way to win tonight. But Buffalo, I don't trust them to win two in a row. That's the problem. I think it's a Buffalo spot. I don't trust Pittsburgh in this spot, but I don't trust Buffalo to win two in a row. One and 14 is damning. I can't back you to win two in a row with a record like that. So where does it leave me in this game? Probably the over, if anything, because one thing about Buffalo is they can score. Uh, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, I think, in this game can find the back of the net themselves. And Pittsburgh is not a team I trust defensively right now. They have not played great in their own zone. And by the way, Levi's played better lately. They go back, though, tonight to UPL. Uh, Uko Pekalukanen will be in net for the Sabres tonight. Jari in net for Pittsburgh. How does he bounce back? He got pulled in his last start against the uh, Washington Capitals, and he was awful in that first period. So we'll see if Tristan Jari can bounce back. I have a little bet to the over here, six and a half. That's about it. I want nothing to do with a side. I can tell you that uh, in this game. Alex, uh, Sabres, Penguins. This is a complete pass for me. On a big card like this, there's other uh, good spots. It's like it is here. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, to me, it's uh, the side is it's impossible. Minus one sixty with Pittsburgh, no thank you. Buffalo at any price to win two in a row, no thank nope. you. <laughs> uh, what do you think here, Zach? Buffalo, Pittsburgh. I think we should sprinkle just a little bit of overtime in it. See if Buffalo can maybe sneak one and get that two and fourteen record up. But that's maybe where my head would be at. I I, I personally would like to see Pittsburgh really start rolling here. I want them to be a playoff team. I don't want them to be out again. So. I'm going to stay away probably from picking a side, but maybe sprinkle a little bit of overtime in there. There had been a brief history of, of overtime. We saw three of the last four meetings go into uh, go past regulation before the last three straight were ended up being kind of, uh, you know, games decided in regulation. So it, it's been kind of an up and down history over the last couple of years, but it, it wouldn't make it wouldn't be the worst thing to look at. Maybe something live for the draw. If we see this game, this is definitely one of those games if it's close late. You won't see teams, you know, make a, a mad dash. A, a two-two or three-three game late in the third could slow down and definitely go past regulation. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some truth to that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this game <clears throat> plays out. Sabers and Penguins. It is a fascinating game, and obviously, I grew up cheering for the Sabers, so you know I'll have an eye on it. But man, it's uh, it's hard to get your head around the side here for this game with Pittsburgh erratic as can be in Buffalo again, one and fourteen after a win this year. That's awful. I can't believe it's that bad. I knew it was bad, but then I went back and I'm like, holy shit, this is worse than I thought. My goodness, talk about ineptitude. What what is do you do you treat every victory like you've won a Stanley Cup if you're Buffalo? Like what's the explanation for being that bad after a win that you're just so emotionally unprepared, mentally unprepared to play the next game after you have some some modicum of success in the previous game? It's absolutely absurd that it's that bad for Buffalo after a win this year. As far as props go, Raquel's been good. Good point in the chat. Lars Eller, I mean, with three goals and four points in the last three games. So Lars Eller with a little value there for Pittsburgh right now he's playing quite well uh and you know I'm going to go back to the well with for Buffalo the mighty Jack Quinn Jack Quinn uh for the Buffalo Sabres um no question uh cashed a ticket with him against what a shot he had in the game against Montreal the other night perfect shot no chance for the goaltender that guy's got an unbelievable release and Jack Quinn is putting it to good use I think it's four goals in the last six games for him now for Buffalo and you can still get above plus 300 plus 320 or so for him to score a goal tonight for the Sabres. So, yeah, Jack Quinn, man, I'll tell you what, Buffalo is a better team, certainly a better offensive team with Jack Quinn back. 
uh, he has made an impact for them, no question. All right, next up, we've got the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the San Jose Sharks. I'm already getting texts from my Leaf fan buddies saying, Watch us lose tonight after the two big wins in Southern California. Watch us lose to the San Jose Sharks. No faith in your team? No faith in Marty Jones right now with the way he's playing for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs? But uh, the Leafs minus 300 here, uh, road favorites in this game, total six. Um, So the old Leafs, we know we would not trust them one bit, obviously, uh, to win a game like this. Two great wins against the Kings and the Ducks. Dominant wins, even the Anaheim win, they needed overtime, but they were dominating. You know that that only got to overtime because Lucas Dostal looked like Lucas Hashik uh, that night uh, in net for the uh, Ducks. Uh, they played very well. Uh, we'll see how they fare here. Can they close out a three and and0 California swing uh, here on this road trip tonight in San Jose? Martin Jones, yes, against one of his many former teams. You know, uh, you know, he's been a suitcase of sorts, if you will, in the NHL. Uh, you know, King started his career there backing up quick. Then he went to San Jose and he had some good years. Remember, they got to the Stanley Cup final one San Jose one year when Martin Jones was their primary goaltender, their starting goaltender. Yeah. So that was probably the best season he's had. They lost to Pittsburgh. I remember that year in the Stanley That's Cup. That's when everyone thought he was going to be a stud. Yeah, because he was sitting behind quick. Right. Yeah. And he didn't get the uh, opportunity, you know, to be the number one there because obviously they've got this future hall of famer jonathan quick in that who's winning cups left and right so he wasn't going to get a shot there but he goes to san jose gets the shot to be the number one has a good couple of years there uh, and that was the highlight of his career and ever since then it's been a steady decline uh his play dropped off at the end of the san jose run he goes to philly he struggles there he goes to seattle uh he's kind of up and down there uh, but right now for toronto he's been nothing short of very good and solid every night. He's given them a chance to win. He hasn't given up too many bad goals uh, so far. But as we've mentioned it with these goalies that are backing up, uh, at, that we're backing up, and now they're starting every night due to issues like with Wedgwood's doing in Dallas with Ottinger out. Fatigue we worry about. The workload increasing we worry about. <clears throat> and that they're going to get worse, not better, the more starts they get as time goes on. So that might happen with Jones. Will it happen tonight? We'll see. He's going to be amped up to play San Jose in San Jose. There's no question. Wouldn't surprise me to see him play well. Plus, do we trust the Sharks to score? You know, right now, that's a big question uh, with what we see from them one night to the next. That being said, I did have a small bet over here simply because I think the Leafs, after a couple of stodgy games with the Kings and with the Ducks, defensive-minded, you know, you know, defensive-minded, tighter-checking games. I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more pond hockey tonight because San Jose, especially against better offenses, we don't always trust them to shut them down. But I could see Toronto now. They had there's two great wins uh, in the Southern California part of the trip. Apparently, they spent Thursday after the Anaheim win in Southern California. They had some fun. So you know what that means. I'm worried about that focus and that intensity being there for this game, like it was for the last two games. And I could see the Sharks maybe capitalizing on that a bit. And it looks like for San Jose tonight uh, in this game, Blackwood expected, but not confirmed as of yet. One thing about Blackwood, he has struggled against uh, Toronto. Uh, Toronto's really had a, a, especially when he was with the Devils. I mean, he, he got ravaged a couple times by the Leafs. So we'll see here. I have a small bet on the over. That's about it. I think the Leafs can score tonight. And I think San Jose is actually going to, this to me just feels like a spot for Toronto to not have one of their better defensive games. And we know that's something that's they're very capable of falling off defensively, especially when they start to undergo some prosperity, you know, which they have obviously in the first two games of this uh, road trip. Uh, 
I almost looked at the draw, but I did not pull the trigger. What do you think here, Alex? Leaf Sharks. Yeah, this is not a night for the Toronto Maple Draws by any means, but I definitely do uh, like the over. You could grab a six now, maybe grab a six small, and then try to get some uh, five and a half at plus money in game. Uh, wait a few minutes for that. So that's something that, that I might kind of lean toward. I don't know if I'm going to play full game over right now or wait in game. More likely going to be waiting in game, but you could, you could kind of split up the two if you feel like you might see a goal uh, early in the contest. Like you said, Martin Jones, yeah, the, the bulk of the of the best hockey, arguably the best hockey his entire career, was in San Jose. Uh, and I definitely think that this is, a, like I said, we talked about this heading into this trip that we expected to see this split of Jones playing against his two former teams with Hildeby in, in the middle. So kind of just going by uh, the script that we kind of laid out for this road trip. That being said, I don't know, you know, like I said, Leafs on the road laying a big price. They almost feel like you could trust them a bit more than being at home in this spot, but still not going to be looking at anything regulation or team total like that. I just want to stay uh, just kind of looking at something in game with that over. All right, Cuban liking uh, Mike Hoffman. Fabian Zetterlund's been one of the better, one of the few better San Jose offensive players lately. So we'll see if that carries over to tonight. And then as far as uh, the Leafs are concerned, uh, you know, to me with them, it's really been the onus offensively has really been on their best players. So it's hard to not look at, you know, your Nylander, Marner, Tavares, Matthews quartet right now, because certainly on this road trip, they've kind of been uh, getting <clears throat> and carrying the load for them. Uh, what do you think here, Zach, Toronto, San Jose? Uh, I'd be waiting uh, for in game. If I'm going to lay anything, I think kind of see how it starts. Maybe honestly hope that the sharks get out to a lead or something and then get a little bit better value for the Leafs comeback. Always kind of like dabbling with that. But, yeah, hopefully Martin Jones can keep going for them. It'd be nice to just see some Canadian teams play good as much as I hate the Leafs. But they're starting to get into a pretty tight spot when you're looking at the standings. they got to really start rolling and stay out of these overtime games and start getting two points every night instead of kind of splitting it that they've been doing. So we'll see how it goes in-game, but probably look at something maybe at the over if it starts off slow. But that's all I'm looking at. I like what Alan is saying in the chat. I forgot. Yes, Noah Gregor, former Shark, now with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and he only plays on the fourth line. I get it. He is fast, though. This guy skates really, really well. You know what Noah Gregor is? I, you know, I know exactly what he is, the great comparison. He's another Connor Brown. Skates like the wind, tremendous skater, zero finish, or very little finish, like not consistent. Like that guy with his skating ability, he could put in 20, 30 goals you know, in certain seasons, but he, I don't think he's got that upper tier skill set and hands and finishing ability. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the real great goal scorers have, and that's always been the hindrance with Noah Gregor, but you watch Noah Gregor play. He flies out there. Like he is a terrific, tremendous skater, but he just doesn't have the offensive finish uh, usually to go with it, with the skating ability. And, and that's always been the, um, the issue with him uh, in the uh, past. All right, St. Louis and Carolina. We've got the Hurricanes minus 190 uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, this is a back-to-back for Carolina. Uh, obviously, they were in Washington last night, and they erupted uh, in the third period of that game. Man, did they erupt. Huge uh, onslaught on Darcy Kemper and the Washington Capitals, and they turned it into a 6-2 to two romp last night. Uh, in that game over the Caps. So now they return home from this road trip uh, back-to-back as well. For their, Not a great spot for Carolina. 
But do you want to go against this team right now? They are rolling. They're in a in in, in an absolutely terrific uh, zone right now. I think they're. I think you can say they're playing their best hockey of the season offensively. They're definitely playing their best hockey of the season right now. Like this team has got their offense going, and you know we always sleep on Carolina's offense. And the reason why people sleep on it is because, to be honest, the offense was asleep at times uh, earlier this season. Uh, but right now, it's not. And everybody is involved right now, it, it, whether it's Michael Bunting, whether it's Jesperi Kotkaniemi, it, whether it's Seth Jarvis, um, Marty Natchez, and especially, of course, as I've mentioned multiple times this week, talking Carolina and this hot streak they're on, Aho and Svechnikov. You know, they are the straws that stir this drink uh, for Carolina, and right now they are absolutely rolling. And, uh, yeah, any Svechnikov, you know what, I've, and I did this last night. I posted it on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash iceguys, $10 a month. Sides, totals, player props every day. On the player prop card for last night, I took Aho and Svechnikov over one and a half points, both of them, and they both hit. They both had multi-point games last night. So that tells you all you need to know right now about how on fire they are right now. You can get good plus price with both those guys to get over one and a half points. That is a bet always worth making at the moment right now until they cool off because they are absolutely feeling it right now uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov. Then you throw in Bunting chipping in. You throw in Jack Drury. He didn't score last night for my bargain bin, but he's been better. And how about the NHL debut last night because of necessity? They had Stefan Nason and Jesper Faust and Marty Natchez. They were all, you know, scratches. Uh, in the uh, actually was Nason and Faust last night, and actually Natchez was a late scratch as well. So they end up calling up from the AHL Chicago Wolves, Vasily Ponomarev uh, from uh, Chicago. NHL debut. I, uh, people are saying, how did you how did you not mention this guy on the show? I didn't even know he was going to get called up because we didn't know those guys were going to be out when we did the show yesterday. This was like two hours before the game. We found out, oh, these guys are out, and we've called up this kid. And he's in the lineup, or else I would have mentioned it. He's been tearing it up in the AHL. He's been very good down there. Uh, tw- six goals, 20 points, and 20 AHL games. Sure enough, the kid has a two point game in his NHL debut last night. Vasily Ponomarev for Carolina. A goal and an assist. And his goal was a beauty. Hell of a shot uh, for his first ever NHL goal. So there's another bargain bin uh, type of prop, maybe tonight. Ponomarev, if he's back in the lineup tonight for uh, Carolina in this game. St. Louis beat Vancouver 2-1. to one. We know they've played, they've been a tougher team to beat, a better <clears> team <throat> a little bit, uptick in performance since Bannister took over from Craig Berube. They have a winning record since he took over. So it's definitely a spot advantage for St. Louis. I might add the Blues here if Ronta's in net, and I would expect Ronta to be in net. You can't run Kochekov into the ground. He got the game last night against Washington. So I would expect Ronta to be in net for this uh, matchup tonight against the uh, Blues. Uh, so if that's confirmed, Ronta in net, I'm probably going to sprinkle on the Blues just a little bit because they do have the rest advantage too, plus 170. They've actually played Carolina tough uh, in series history as well, if you look at it. I definitely like full game over. Uh, six of the la- Five of the last six meetings have gone over uh, between these uh, two teams, or actually five of the last seven have gone over. I definitely, I'm going to ride Carolina team total over three and a half again because they, they seem to be scoring four goals at nauseum uh, every single night. And if Ronta's confirmed, like I say, we'll have over six and a half. And if Ronta's confirmed, I might even add first period over uh, in this game or first period, both teams to score as well. So uh, over first period, over full game, 
Carolina <clears throat> team total over. And I might even sprinkle – it's funny. I like Carolina team total over, and I might sprinkle two on St. Louis plus 170 if Ront is in net. Because I, I – and look, I could see 5-4 St. Louis. That would cash everything tonight. I honestly could. Or even, you know, 5-4 Carolina wouldn't cash the money line, but I could see that kind of score tonight. I just don't trust Ronta flat out. He is he's going through confidence issues right now. He's He's been absolutely terrible lately. Um, and, you know, I didn't think he was that much better in his first start after that little conditioning stint or that little stint down in the AHL. When he played Montreal after that stint in the AHL, he gave up three goals on only 21 shots. That's not the sign of a goalie that's got his confidence back and his game back. So I think there's goals early, there's goals often, and I like Carolina team total over, and I expect Ronta to be confirmed. And when that is, I might even sprinkle on Blue's money line here. What do you think in this one, Alex? Blue's Hurricanes. Yeah, so and everybody in the chat saying it too, but Ronta, yeah, Ronta is officially confirmed. I think it's been like in the last 15 minutes. So I'm on the first period over. I'm on the first period, both teams to score. I'm going to wait and try and grab a full game uh, over at a better price in game. So I'm looking for six <clears throat> at some plus money or five and a half laying a dollar thirty. I'll even lay a dollar forty in that spot, just trying to get a better of the number uh, with that. And like I said, Ronta has just been an absolute mess. Uh, and, and this is a Blues team that's been kind of schizophrenic with their up and down defense. This is a, a game like I said, five four makes total sense. Uh, you could take a shot with five four, you know, uh, correct score. You could take a shot with, with four four correct score for a little bit and, and tie that in with the draw as well. So this is one you could take a unit, take a half unit, and chop it up and play a lot of different things with. But I do really like the first period. It looks the most here. First period over and both teams to score. Six and two to the over for Carolina in their last eight games. Why is that? <clears throat> their offense is rolling, and then you're going to have the combination of that red hot offensive production for the team. And now a goalie that's he's just not he's been not very good lately, anti Ranta. So it does have the sometimes it looks too easy, and this sometimes you worry about these games. It looks too easy to think there's going to be a lot of goals here, but it definitely makes sense when you look at how this game sets up that we could see a lot of goals in bunches tonight. What do you think here in this one, uh, Zach? St. Louis, Carolina. I I think Carolina's rolling. They're starting to find their game more and more week after week. I think it's pretty hard to side with St. Louis, regardless who's in net. They're 10 3 and 3 at home. Uh, the Blues don't have a very good road record as well. So I'd be siding with Carolina here. But what I'm looking at is something live. I want to see how the first period plays out. If it's slow 0 0, I'm going to be taking Carolina's second period money line. So that's kind of where my head's at in the game. But we'll be waiting until it live. And I think over is probably a pretty good look. So something like that maybe too, but I'd probably wait live. I just kind of want to see how the start is. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you know what, with that, I, I mentioned St. Louis money line I might even add a team total over on St. Louis too, if with Ronta and net now. So it's pretty crazy. You're going to be, uh, but I, I think this is definitely one of those games. Like I honestly have in, in my mind, this could be, this could be like Carolina Nashville on a, remember there was a Nashville at Carolina game late in 2023 December Ronta was in net and it ended up being six to five Nashville in overtime. It was a high scoring game. That's why you're thinking, well, you're talking out of both sides of your mouthy and you like Carolina team total over but you like <laughs> St. Louis money line. There's a reason for that. This could be like Carolina Na Nashville at Carolina, the sequel tonight in this game where it's six, five St. Louis in overtime 
St. Louis caches, team total caches for the Blues. The Carolina team total over still caches, you know, and, and uh, you get the full game over, the first period over. You get those hitting as well. I, that's what I feel like because uh, Ranta at home in that Nashville game, I remember it was 6-5 Nashville in overtime, and he was awful. And, and I could see that kind of game tonight uh, with the uh, Blues and the Hurricanes. That's why I think you can make a case for a Blues money line and a Hurricanes team total over and have both of them cash tonight in this kind of uh, situation. All right, next up, you've got Nashville, Dallas, uh, Dallas minus minus one seventy. uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total, uh, here in this game. I mean, do we even have to, you know, belabor the point at this point, what we're doing with Dallas, um, first period over, uh, so you're not splitting the atom figuring that one out that, uh, that's going to be on the card. Uh, here tonight in this game. Now there is, you know, a little bit of a caveat here with these teams. They're both off disappointing defensive showings, but I don't know. That hasn't affected uh, either of these teams' ability, especially Dallas, to go over the total in, in, as of late, especially early. So uh, over one and a half is around minus 135 uh, for that first period. Uh, over six and a half, I like a little bit too. Not as much uh, as the uh, first period over. Keep in mind, big injury, of course, to Miro Haskinen for Dallas. Uh, very, very unfortunate. And he's going to be missed. There's no question. Uh, he plays a ton of minutes, all situations. There's a drop-off for the most part between him and a majority of the rest of that star's blue line. Uh, four goals, 23 assists, 27 points in 37 games. He averages over 25 minutes of ice time. Uh, just irreplaceable. And week to week now with that lower body injury, that he suffered the other night, but this is where you're going to, Hey, we're, he's having a good year. Thomas Harley. We're going to find out how good a year he's having because he's going to get a lot of the lion's share role uh, for Dallas without Miro Haskin. And I'm seeing that Thomas Harley uh, is going to move up to the number one power play unit tonight for the stars without uh, Miro Haskin. Uh, so a lot more responsibility on him. I think it's a good Thomas Harley prop game. It's going to get this opportunity, number one power play, goal prop, assist prop, anything you can find on Thomas Harley for Dallas tonight because he's going to get uh, a lot more looks, uh, number one power play duty. And, of course, here's our guy, Matt Robinson, resident Stars fan. Uh, there you go. He likes Harley to score uh, or at least a point tonight. Yep, no question. Uh, definitely what I was thinking there with uh, Dallas. And then for Nashville, prop-wise, I'm riding the Gus bus again. How can you not? Gus, Gustav Nyquist is on a – Seven-game point streak for the uh, Nashville Predators. He's been absolutely on fire, scoring goals, uh, setting up his teammates with assists. So definitely liking Gus Nyquist props again for Nashville tonight in this game. Uh, Duchesne against his old team didn't work uh, against uh, the first time they played. We went with Duchesne. He didn't score, I believe. I don't think he did. But I'd go back to the well with Duchesne tonight against Nashville, uh, his old team uh, here tonight in this one for props. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at, as well as Nashville first period over, a little smaller on the full game over. Oh, and how can I not in a game like this, especially when we got robbed of a draw with Nashville and Dallas in the first meeting. Remember that crazy-ass game? 2-1 Nashville. Late in the game, they tie it with 15 seconds left. Surely it's going to overtime and you're cashing your draw, right? No. Yoni Hockenpah with three seconds to go, seeing eye shot, and 3-2 Dallas in regulation unbelievable finish in Nashville when these teams played just recently that close to the draw in that game. I'm going to roll back with the draw here tonight uh, in this game and Dallas. Look, they, they love overtime. We're seeing it uh, throughout the course of their last uh, month uh, or so. What do you think in this one, Alex Nashville, Dallas? It goes without saying that I'm on the first period over. 
Uh, got that minus a dollar thirty-five. It's, it's literally the first thing. If it's a Dallas Stars day, this is pretty much how my day starts. I roll out of bed, I grab my cell phone, I go and check everything, and, and that's the first bet that I make. As soon as I see it, that the the market's open, I'm on that first period over. So a dollar thirty-five with that. Also, I have been avoiding this the last couple of games, but I'm on it uh, back on it again tonight. Both teams <clears> score <throat> in the first period. I got that at plus 160, and uh, also with the draw at plus 360 at Like I said, we should have had a draw in the last matchup with these two teams. I do think we get one here, and I think it'll be a, a little bit more decisive. won't be so much drama late in the contest. I think we get a good pace back and forth throughout this one. So it should be a fun <clears> one to watch. We're going first period over, both teams to score in the first. Regulation draw, and I do have a player prop I'll talk about later as well. We've talked about Scott Wedgwood, man. He's starting to he's running on fumes right now, Scott Wedgwood. Like this is an insane amount of games, nothing like what he's experienced before uh, in a row. And he's getting worse, not like he's done this yeoman's work. I mean, he's he's actually given them a lot more than I thought they would given the span of games he's had to play. But you can tell he's 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 wearing down, he's getting a little fatigued. You can see it. Uh, just his quickness in the net's not in, and it's not just not tracking the puck as well as he did say when he first started getting these starts in a row. Uh, that's concerning. And by the way, you talk about concerning and net Kevin Lankinen might get the start tonight for Nashville. Uh, and I, I would expect him to be in net because I think they want to give Soros a break. That was a rough night for Soros against Calgary. But here's the problem with Lankinen. He's a, another one of these Forrest Gump uh, goaltenders, <clears throat> Forrest Gump of goaltending. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, and that's been Kevin Lankinen. He's had a couple of great games. And I still remember the Carolina game that I mentioned with him and Ronta. They were going head-to-head. Carolina Nashville, he was not very good in that game. He's had some rougher performances of late, Lankinen and Nets. So not a guy I trust. So another reason why we could see goals tonight here in Dallas. What do you think, Zach, Nashville, Dallas? Uh, I'm going to go first period stars, I think, money line. So I think I can get it at a plus 150. I saw he might be able to get even a little bit better value. But I think stars will come out hot. I think Nashville is going to start declining a little bit here into the new year. All right. Good Other stuff. than that, I might think about something live, but game doesn't really appeal to me too, too much, but Dallas seems like they're pretty fire at home and they can get off to a good start. So. Wow. Uh, I don't I'll, trust Nashville. The first period over better damn well appeal to you though, right? We're talking <laughs> and two in the last, what, 21 games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two nothing Dallas first period. Let's go. Help everyone. There you go. I mean, <laughs> you got to roll, roll with that when you see that kind of numbers, and uh, it's been <laughs> just remarkable. Uh, the nineteen and two in the last twenty-one Dallas Stars games uh, for the uh, first Unreal. period. Over. 20, so it's twenty-seven and was it twenty-six and twelve for the year? For the year, yeah. And then it's just been this crazy run of nineteen of the last twenty-one. So yeah. absolutely uh, amazing numbers for the uh, Dallas Stars for first period overs. All right, next up we've got the uh, New York Islanders and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it is uh, Vegas minus one forty-five home favorites here. Total six in this game. Um, Vegas is definitely struggling. They're having a tough time. A bit of my gut says they win tonight, though in my opinion uh, Bruce Casty a little rougher on his team after that Florida game saying hey we got to pick things up we'll see if they're able to do that uh, here tonight and keep in mind with Vegas too they played Florida rolling right now Seattle's rolling right now in the winter classic they lost three nothing but they're playing good hockey they played they did beat LA uh, but they played Florida again Tampa Carolina this has been a pretty tough schedule of opponents for Vegas lately you know that's been part of it too not only are they struggling but they have uh, had a tough schedule of late. Um, 
I don't love Vegas. I don't feel overly confident in them, but I do lean to them here, minus 145 in this game. Uh, the price is just below my threshold. I'll probably have a small slice of the uh, Golden Knights here, the VGK at home, minus 145. It's been a long road trip here for the uh, Islanders, and I know uh, they got a nice win against uh, Arizona 5-1, to one, but they've got a mini Buffalo thing going right now as far as after a win. They have not been as good after a win lately. If you look at it, they beat mm-hmm. Anaheim, they lose to Boston, they beat Edmonton, they lose to Washington, they beat Carolina, they lose 7 nothing to Pittsburgh, they beat Washington again 5-1. Uh, and then they lose to Pittsburgh again, uh, three to one. So they haven't been as good off a win lately either. The Islanders stringing two wins in a row together hasn't been good for the Islanders in recent games. So it's an opportunity, you know. You'd expect, you know, uh, and a little discount. That's a great point there, EQ. It's a discount on Vegas here at this price range, given their recent struggles. So uh, I'm going to go Vegas here for a small bet minus one forty-five, and I got to go to draw Island Islanders with the Islanders for a little bit with the draw. Uh, in this game as well. And keep in mind, as far as the draw is concerned, of course, we know they went to OT against Colorado earlier this week, but head-to-head, we've seen three of the last six meetings between these two teams uh, go past regulation. So a little head-to-head draw history with these two teams as well. Uh, Alex, Islanders, Golden Knights. Yeah, the only one bet that I made, and that is the regulation draw guy at plus 325. Go. Islanders Golden Knights draw for uh, Alex uh, here in this one as well. Uh, what do you think here, Zach? Uh, New York Islanders, Vegas Golden Knights. I think I'll look Vegas probably regulation time. Uh, I bet Vegas a little bit here the last couple of days and obviously haven't been cashing. So hopefully they turn it around at home. Last 10, they're uh, three and seven. So they're back home where they've been pretty dominant. So I think they're going to get off to a good start. Might even dabble with that first period money line Vegas as well. Yeah. Uh, definitely um, not a bad option there as well. Um, you know, this is like every team, as we've said this a million times on this show, every team is going to go through a rough patch. This is not, oh, Vegas sucks. It's over. The, the the chances of repeating are finished. It's nothing like that. They're going through their little... They're second in the Pacific. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're going to get going again. They'll be fine uh, long term. If they weren't struggling, through. they probably would be taking over first place right now. Plus, they have a shit ton of injuries, too. Let's keep yeah. that in mind. Uh, well, not they don't have a, a a ton, but they've got some key ones. Shea Theodore, William Carlson is missed. There's no yeah. question. He's, He's had a great a good season year. for them. That's a, anytime you lose a, a center, especially one that's playing as well as William Carlson is this season, you're going to feel it. And then Aiden Hill, who's been there, who is their best goalie, has been out for a while now. And it hasn't helped that Logan Thompson's been less than stellar is the best way to describe it. Uh, in the absence of Aiden Hill. So um, definitely the draw and a little bit on Vegas for me in this one. And we wrap this Saturday card up with our 12th and final game of this Saturday dozen, uh, Ottawa and Edmonton. We've got the Oilers, minus 200 home favorites, seven being the uh, total here in this one. Um, What can you say about Ottawa, man? It's just uh, the coaching. This is one team where the coaching change has not given them that bump and that uptick. Uh, that it has for so many others like Minnesota, like St. Louis, um, you know, and uh, Edmonton, of course, with Chris Knobloch, the team they're playing tonight. It has not been the case for Ottawa. Uh, you know, they're uh, meet three and seven in their last 10 games. Since Jacques Martin has been here three and five uh, in their eight games, they've lost two in a row to start this road trip, six, three at Vancouver. They were down five, nothing after the first period. They lose four, one to Seattle. 
you see the frustration. Tim Stutzla snapping the stick and then lost to Seattle the other night. I mean, it's just it's it's frustration it right rains, now. It rains, Senators, and they know that they've dug themselves so much of a hole that they probably feel like, geez, we're just playing for exercise for the next you know three four months of the season because of just how big of a deficit we are in to try to get into any sort of wild card position or any sort of mix to contend at least for the wild card. That is how far behind Ottawa has fallen uh, right now. And unfortunately for them, they have to take on this Edmonton team that has been a freight train for the better part of the last month. I think their record is now 16 and two, 17 and two in the last, you know, 16 uh, or 18, 19 games. So just, they've been absolutely on a roll Edmonton. They've won six in a row. Their offense is firing on all cylinders. McDavid's putting up big points. Dreisaitl is doing his thing. Hyman's doing his thing. Nugent Hopkins is doing his thing. And don't look now, Warren Fogle and Ryan McLeod are stepping up with secondary offense on a regular basis lately for the Edmonton Oilers. So they're a dangerous team. Skinner, Stuart Skinner in net, has stepped up his game. He's playing his best hockey of the year, making key saves and playing really well. He's played really well. Credit to Skinner. Skinner didn't play well early either this year, early in the season either, like with the rest of the team. And just like the rest of the team, he has picked his play up significantly. He has already confirmed in net tonight for the Oilers. Uh, Anton Forsberg is expected for Ottawa, but I'm not sure it matters at this point because the D has been horrendous in front of both of their goaltenders. And they're still trying to adjust to play in that system under Jacques Martin. They have clearly not figured it out. And it's been rough for Forsberg. He got pulled against Vancouver given up the four goals. He gave up four to Pittsburgh. He gave up five to Dallas. So Forsberg hasn't been in great form either going into uh, this game here tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, I don't want to lay minus 200, but it's very difficult to say, yeah, let's bet Ottawa right now, you know, with what I have seen from them. We have seen uh, two uh, in this uh, series history. It's trended over three of the last four meetings have gone over the total, 6-3, 6-3, 6-4 have been the scores in those games, but I'm going to wait for a live over. I'm not betting a pregame over at seven, not a chance. Maybe a first period, both teams to score. I'll wait for a live over. The primary bet that I like, side or total, pregame in this one. Now, i got to lay a bigger price than I like, minus 160, but I'm going to go Edmonton team total here, over three and a half. Again, not a great price, but to get four goals. And How often do we say this about Edmonton? When they win and when they're playing well and when they're at home, they're going to usually get to four goals. And we've seen them score six, four, five, seven, and five in five of the six wins during this six-game win streak. So not the price I love, but we did grab minus 160 here with Edmonton team total over three and a half. Alex, Senators, Oilers. I'm just looking now. I mean, you could grab a four for that uh, team total rather than three and a half. You go like to a bet MGM. That's yeah, if you want to cut down on the juice, that's good. Yeah, yep. yeah, to, to kind of reduce that. that. The only thing I'm looking at here with Edmonton, I'm just going first period team total over one and a half plus 190. That's I, good. I, now, yeah. That's good. I could see that. Yep. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just I'm just not even trusting Ottawa to do anything for me. I'm just, I need Edmonton to give me two or more goals in the first period. And like you said, with Forsberg and that, he hasn't looked that great. The defense in front of him has been abysmal. That, that doesn't seem like a, a lot to ask for, for out of the Oilers. So just two goals in the, the first period from Edmonton at plus 190. That's the only thing I'm rolling with. I mean, geez, normally I'd be saying Ottawa at this price. Maybe Oilers a little disinterested. But, you know, the Oilers have had spots to be disinterested lately. The Philly game could have been disinterested. 
They won 5-2. Anaheim, after beating L.A. in a shootout the night before, yep. could have been disinterested. All they did was dummy the Ducks 7-2. They haven't had these flat spots, these play-down-to-competition spots. They haven't had these at Edmonton. So that's why I can't buy into the argument that, oh, bet Ottawa for a letdown. Well, I haven't seen it from Edmonton. So until I see it, I'm reluctant to think that way. Uh, as far as props, yeah, Josh Norris has done well against Ottawa. I couldn't argue with that. Uh, for Edmonton, McLeod, absolutely. Fogel, absolutely. And then if you want to take some point props involving, you know, McDavid, because he's just on fire at the moment. Uh, Nugent Hopkins has stepped it up. Can definitely look at some over one and a half points props involving multiple Oilers players in this game tonight, possibly get good plus money uh, in return. Zach, what do you think here? Ottawa, Edmonton. Yeah, I like Alex's bet there for the Oilers there over uh, one and a half. I agree with him. I don't know. You can trust Ottawa to do anything right now. So I'm hoping it's going to be one of those typical high scoring Canadian affairs with Ottawa involved. So I'd probably look at the over two. Uh, I, at first, I was kind of almost even thinking over two. Plus one eighty five with that Oilers first period team total, by the yeah. way. Yeah, one eighty five. And I was before I heard Alex, I was kind of thinking maybe like uh, over two and a half goals in the first period for both teams, even like a two one first type thing. But started to think about Ottawa a little when I was listening to you, and I feel probably a little bit more comfortable with just thinking Edmonton's going to get two. So hope they get off to a hot start. Yeah, it's been crazy how much they're winning. And I was talking to my buddy who's a huge Oilers fan, and he was saying. I don't know if this is true or not, but at the Christmas break that the Oilers were had a better record than they did like the past two seasons. So I guess they're obviously been a pretty big second half team. They are rolling. I mean, this is um, like I said, and there's been spots in the last two or three games for the Edmonton Oilers to do what they sometimes do. Play down to competition, lackadaisical, find a way to lose in a game they shouldn't. And they have avoided those. So they've had eyes on the prize. Getting the job done, business-like, workman-like attitude throughout this entire win streak. So that's why I'm hesitant to step in front of that right now uh, with this uh, Edmonton Oilers team. No doubt with the way they have been going during this six-game uh, win streak. There you go. That's the Saturday card. Look at this, our numbers in terms of live viewers. 275 watching live on YouTube. Hit the like button. Make sure you do that. We should have 275 likes, quite honestly. Hit that like yeah. button. Let's go. Make it happen. Uh, we're giving you every game, all 12 games on this Saturday card, and we do this each and every day uh, throughout the season right here on the Ice Guys. And make sure to sign up at patreon.com slash iceguys. $10 per month. Goalie charts, totals charts, our daily cards, sides, totals, player props, all of that posted every single day at patreon.com slash iceguys. Again, just $10 per month. We're going to have video and bonus show content on the way and <clears throat> our first Patreon, Ice Guys, exclusive BetCast is coming your way this month. It's at the end of the month it'll be. We're not giving the date away, but we will drop the link the day of the BetCast as a surprise to all our Patreon members. And that particular BetCast will only be available to be watched by Patreon members and to join us on the stream only open to Patreon members. So that's coming up later in January. So make sure you get on board. It's the one of the best $10 a month you'll ever spend, honestly especially when we give you all the plays that we uh, bet personally ourselves each and every day with the daily card on the page. So patreon.com slash ice guys, uh, just $10 per month. Uh, make sure you get on board with that. And of course the ice guys store don't sleep on that in the new year. Great new merch available there. Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. 
yeah, if you check it out right now, you'll be able to save. There's a coupon link at the top of the page. You can save 24% off the ring of the new year 2024. Uh, so definitely want to check that out. We've got everything in stock right now. Uh, all different kinds of sizes and colors. Everything's available at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, there you go. Iceguys.myspreadshop.com for the uh, Ice Guys store. All right, it is time for our bargain bin special of the night. Uh, everyone's favorite segment on this show or one of their favorite segments of this show. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you got for this bargain bin special today? Yeah, so I'm heading down to Dallas, and we are going with Thomas Harley, plus 490 anytime goal. He's getting that bump up in the uh, in the power play unit as well, and he's been you know, a lot of these defensemen have been live for us. We've been able to cash with a few of them in the bargain bin department, so we're going with Harley again, plus 490. Uh, you get that at FanDuel. That's my bargain bin special today. There it is, Thomas Harley, plus 490 for the Dallas Stars. And again, with Haskinen's absence, he's getting the number one power play role now and more ice time, more responsibility, and probably more opportunity to produce offensively. So it makes a lot of sense conceptually. Thomas Harley, Dallas Stars, plus 490 for Alex with his bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Zach, you were mentioning to me before, uh, before the show, you've – Got a, You've been working hard on trying to get a good bargain bin pick here. What do you like? Uh, I'm honestly, I'm going kind of somewhere where you've been before, but a little different. I'm going Luke Hughes to record two or more points at plus 700. Um, I think even too, if Jack's out, he'll probably step it up even more, playing against his brother, and he's been on a bit of a tear lately. So if he's running the top of that power play too, I'm going to go two, two or more points tonight for Jack, uh, Luke Hughes. That is on my player prop card, and I do like it. Luke Hughes, plus 700 for over one and a half points tonight for the uh, New Jersey Devils in the Hughes Bowl, part two, uh, as they take on the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, For my bargain bin special of the night for this Saturday uh, card, uh, lots to choose from. I'm going to the Gus Bus, plus 380 at FanDuel. Are you kidding me? Plus 380 at FanDuel for Gustav Nyquist right now with what he is producing for the uh, Nashville Predators at this point in time. I'm playing still on the top line as he should be because he's been playing great hockey for Andrew Brunette's team, playing with O'Reilly and Forsberg. And to think he is still getting plus 380 at FanDuel to score a goal right now. This is a guy that has uh, four goals in the last five games for this Nashville Predators team. He's on this uh, seven game uh, point streak right now. I'm just stunned by that price and it is bargain bin worthy for sure. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, Nashville Predators, uh, plus 380. Uh, for my bargain bin special of the night on this Saturday card. All right, it is time for best bets to wrap it up for this Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Well, it's hockey night in Big D, so that means we're going first period over. Dallas Stars, Nashville Predators, first period over one and a half, minus $1.35. Just trying to ride on this 17-2 and run as long as we possibly can. That's my best bet. Dallas Stars, first period over against Nashville. There we go. Back to the old recipe. Uh, and uh, dance with uh, who, who, who dance with what's been working. Nashville, Dallas, over one and a half first period. <coughs> Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Zach Urban, another outstanding job. Our Saturday man here on the ice, guys. What do you think for best bet here today? Uh, I'm going with Vegas in uh, regulation against the Islanders. Get them at a plus one fifteen. So that's uh, my best bet of the night. There we go. Vegas in regulation, plus 115 against the New York Islanders. Uh, best bet for Zach Urban. Uh, my best bet finally had the best bet streak snapped uh, last night as uh, Chicago, New Jersey just failed to go over the total. We'll see if we can start a new one tonight. 
And to start a new streak, I'm going bold, and I am stepping directly in front of this incredible series history that the New Jersey Devils have had against the Vancouver Canucks. Not tonight. Vancouver's been good off a loss. I still think they're a little bit the better team. I think they're in the better spot, too. New Jersey off that very emotional, violent game against Chicago last night. Carnage everywhere. Players injured left and right on both sides. It was like uh, that lay a, a, a human waste, apparently, on both sides last night. And I think Vancouver uh, gets the job done tonight. And they lost the meeting in New, in Vancouver against this Jersey team, 6-5. to five. I think they get some payback tonight. Vancouver Canucks plus 100 against the New Jersey Devils in part two of the Hughes Bowl. That's going to be my best bet for this Saturday NHL card. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith and Zach Urban, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 